Welcome to Two Sides of the Story. That's Tom Sides. And that's Sean Sides. How's everybody doing today? How you doing, Tom? I'm doing well, man. Doing well. How was your week? I was pretty good. You know, I can't complain. The weather's getting a little bit nicer out here and, you know, life's trucking along in a good in a good way. How about yourself? Well, it's not too bad. We had a tame and wet week over here in Montreal. Oh, yeah. We had a couple of days off. It was all right. Pretty, yeah. pretty mellow. A little bit of rain, as we discussed in the past, isn't too bad, as long as it's not 48 days in a row. <laughs> but to quote uh, Robin Williams and Jumanji, but a lot can kill you. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> so I did do an interesting thing I wanted Ooh. to tell you about. You might find uh, fascinating, something you might want to talk about with me. You have my full attention, good sir. I watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Usually with these things, I lollygag quite a bit, but I really, really hit this one out of the park and watched it almost to release day. Well, that is amazing. I loved it. How did you feel about it? I really liked it. You know what? It was, it drew me in. I love the characters. I love the actors. You know what I mean? The portrayal in the series. I, I didn't feel as strongly about that for their portrayal in the movies, but I really feel like in this show, I got to know all the characters on a lot more levels. Hold on a second. When you say that, you didn't like their portrayal in the movies. You're just saying you don't like the characters Winter Soldier and Falcon and Captain America Winter Soldier on or what? Part of it, like, I didn't believe Sebastian Stan as the Winter Soldier at first. I just didn't, like, find him threatening in an assassin type of way, personally. Oh, right. at the-, the knife battle in Winter Soldier was just him lollygagging around, just play fighting with Steve, right? <laughs> it was pretty good, you know. I'm not going to lie, but it just, I don't know. He- as as the show began, I, I started it with an open mind like I tried to do, and I, I really enjoyed it. Like I said, it was very layered, and I don't know, like, I, I believe him more now as the Winter Soldier, I guess, than I did before. I don't know, like, I found at times the Winter Soldier was a little bit slow moving as a movie in ways. I know that might be, like, an unpopular opinion in your eyes. a very but... strong un- unpopular opinion, but go on. You, you have so, my attention here. Some of the talking scenes, you know, I skipped through a little bit. And as for uh, the Falcon, you know, I just, I understand that he's a side character and he's not a main character, but I just didn't really get to know him well enough to the point where I liked him. I didn't feel like he had a huge storyline impact in ways. I mean, it can be argued, obviously. I mean, he was a sidekick till now. No? Yeah. Yeah. And like seeing the rise, that's what what's great yeah. about the show is seeing the like, rise of him going from like side to main. Like nobody watches Batman and Robin for Robin. You know what I mean? This is true. This is true. But you still like, yeah. That's a very good point. Very good point. Yeah. You know, you never watch it for the bird character. You, you ignore the <laughs> falcon, you ignore Robin until it's their time to shine. I think that's what hit me is that he was a bird character. And maybe <laughs> I just didn't care for him at first. So what I really like about these two series, the WandaVision and uh, now Captain America and the Winter Soldier, not Falcon and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> uh, first of all, Spoiler alert to everyone listening. If you haven't watched the series, we're going to talk about this for a little bit here. So you can either fast forward if you don't want to hear some spoilers or um, just be wary going forward. Now, what I'm really liking about these series is that they're, they're placing some breadcrumbs 
for some really cool things that are on the way for Marvel. And they haven't been announced, but I have a feeling we're going to get these announcements uh, kind of soon. Like so upcoming for, shows you're, you're talking about? Shows, movies, just storylines in general. I don't so, always catch the breadcrumbs, so it's good that you can explain a few of them to me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So to go back to WandaVision real quick. So they introduced Wanda's kids. Now, we understand that there's a part of her kind of imagination and she kind of creates them herself. Yeah. But then you have that post-credit scene where she can hear a kid. So you're led to believe that her kids aren't completely gone. Yeah. Now, these characters, the, her kids are canon in the uh, Marvel comics as uh, Wiccan and Speed. Right. So one has similar powers to uh, what Scarlet Witch has. The other one has uh, powers similar to what her brother had. Yeah. Which is cool about this is that I think these are the beginning breadcrumbs to a young Avengers movie. That would be pretty cool. Yeah, I think it'd be really dope. So you have the introduction of Wiccan and Speed already. Um, Isaiah Bradley, his grandson, Eli Bradley. Yeah. That character in the comics becomes Patriot. So oh, kind okay. of like an inso facto leader of the Young Avengers. So now that we're kind of placing these characters in the MCU already, I think it's leading us towards different kinds of Avenger movies. Do you think that's going to be like long, long, long term? I don't know about long term, but I think it's I think what we're going to see is like a, another kind of civil war type of movie where we'll have Young Avengers Versus to the next set of breadcrumbs that I think we're being led to is Dark Avengers, which uh, which has a U.S. agent involved who Wyatt Russell then becomes. Right. And then or Thunderbolts. Now, Thunderbolts is ran by um, Thaddeus Ross, who, you know, is Secretary Ross from uh, Endgame and Infinity War, played okay. by William Hurt. Thunderbolt Ross in the comic books becomes Red Hulk because he becomes obsessed with the whole super soldier serum. He right. was actually my theory for who the power broker was because he gets blipped. And then obviously when you get blipped, you come back five years later, you're no longer secretary of state. So I think maybe he's, I thought he would be behind the scenes for a few things of just trying okay. to get his hands on um, super I'm trying to follow you're going into a lot of stuff I had know nothing about (laughs) bear with me I'll try and slow down a little bit like there's just things that I kind of noticed right and and so he becomes Red Hulk and starts his own off-brand of Avengers that he runs which is Thunderbolts which has also I think white no Dark Avengers has white vision and Scarlet Witch join at some point but Dark Avengers is kind of run by a, like a secret organization that has like dirt on everybody, which okay. I think where the character Val or Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine yeah. comes into play, played by the incomparable Julie, uh, Julia Louise Dreyfus. Yeah, I liked her in this. She always like has that devious kind of like feeling to her, even when she's not playing a devious character at all. Yeah, There's she, always she, something behind the scenes with her going on, right? Which is a great she, casting. She always looks like she's up to something. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, now that I spoke about who my theory was for the power broker, did you have any theories on who power broker was? Honestly, I didn't really know what power broker was at all. Like, okay. I didn't know enough of the storyline like before the show to really know what was going on with the power broker and what that even like meant. To be honest. Yeah. That's fair. That's fair. There's 
like I don't think that it was accurate to comic books because I think Power Broker is a guy named Curtis Jackson, not 50 Cent, but another Curtis Jackson. <laughs> and um, and that's who's running. That's who the actual Power Broker is. But I, I still I'm not convinced because we're led to believe in this series that it's Sharon Carter. Who's the power broker? Yeah. And I'm not convinced just yet. Like, I think she might be right hand to somebody else. And that somebody else was the person on the phone who she calls in the mid to credit uh, scene at the end of the series. Right. And now I have theories on who that might be. Like, I kind of think she's a scroll and she was communicating <laughs> with Nick Fury or, uh, or I think she's communicating with Thaddeus uh, Thunderbolt Ross. I'm not sure. There's so maybe whole... you can answer this for me. Like, are, are scrolls for sure bad guys? Like they're... 100% evil kind of thing? No. No, they're not evil per se. I like, because they weren't even evil in Captain Marvel where we get introduced to them and they have a good relation with Earth. But there yeah. are scrolls. I think what it, I think what happens, my theory on what happens is because I'm a little bit iffy when it comes to the secret invasion. I didn't read up on those. Right. But what I think happens is the scrolls are a species without a planet. And because they have the ability to take over um, or change their change who they what they look like to yeah. whatever, and they can also absorb their immediate thoughts. Like so like you may not know the answer for a lifetime of questions, but you can transform to Captain America. And then whatever the last thing Captain America was thinking about, you can then answer immediate questions. Oh, interesting. I didn't realize they had that power. Yeah, they talk about it a little bit in Captain Marvel. Okay. I've seen it, but I don't recall. Yeah, it's a very interesting ability they have. So what I think is there's like an internal struggle of do we work with the humans or do we infiltrate Earth and start creating a new life for our species? Hmm. So if we're taking over, we can just kind of become these superheroes and then create a world for our own people. So I think that's where we're heading. Interesting. Yeah. Um, what did you think of Carly? She was played, I think, by Aaron Kellyman. Yes. It was it was Carly, right? Yeah. Carly Morgenthau, right. yeah. Yeah. It was a very interesting storyline. I thought like I understand like anyone's rise against power kind of thing. And then you you want to you want to be free and like that's kind of what they were. They were labeled as terrorists. They were labeled as terrorists incorrectly. Yeah. But then they started going the terrorist route. Yeah. And I thought it was a good development. And you can't you can't help but feel for the characters. And then like she became more and more badass. Like when she killed uh Captain America's buddy, yeah. Lamar. Oh, fuck, that was a metal scene. And yeah, then it was a little to, savage for sure. And like the arrogance of her too, like afterwards when she starts speaking to Wyatt Russell, going like, "I'm sorry, I killed your friend. I don't want to kill people that are meaningless." I'm just, yeah. You say that, like, first and foremost, rude. Yeah, no kidding. Right? You just she killed knew his friends, buddies, obviously. <laughs> you just killed his buddy. Yeah. And now you're saying he's meaningless, and you didn't like. There's a lot of things to unpack there. Which that really lent to the storyline of the serum not being able to be handled by everyone, like we know we've seen throughout Marvel uh, history. Right? It's yeah. it it messes with people a little bit, and power can make anyone drunk on power. You know. Well, see, this is like the this is what what we saw throughout this series, right? Um, 
the Wyatt Russell Captain America, he was the guy that was like, I'm the top, not like I've been the best at everything. Yeah. And this is why I'm now Captain America. So it's like another uh, medal for him. It is. This is why I'm special. Right. So on that point, one thing that kind of bothered me a tiny, tiny little bit about Carly Mm -hmm. and uh, Wyatt Russell as well. Is that right? Wyatt Russell? Yeah, Wyatt Russell. And he was <laughs> playing uh, Jack, John Walker. Yeah, okay. And Bucky as well. Mm-hmm. So Carly, she didn't like go through military training as far as we know. What it sounded like is she was in almost what's like could be referenced as like an orphanage, like a correction center where she kind of grew yeah. up or, you know, whatever it was like to, to help people at the time. But why is it that she was able to so like compete so strongly with Bucky and the new Captain America. You know what I mean? Those are two elite soldiers, like trained assassins, trained fighters. Mm -hmm. It was bothered me that she was able to just so easily compete with them. Yeah. Well, you got to keep in mind, like, I think that her uh, attempt at, I don't want to say terrorism because like they prove it, but her little militia. Yeah. Like it wasn't like an overnight plan. Right. I think that there's, there was probably some, probably not military grade training, but there was some level of training. And I think yeah, there's a backstory there, I guess. Yeah. And then you can only assume that the serum puts them over that edge. So you can be a good fighter. Like it's like, it's like Buffy the Vampire Slayer in a sense. Like Buffy is an awesome fighter, but like she does training throughout it. And then you see a vampire, and all of a sudden, every vampire now knows karate. True. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, there's just certain things you can just ignore. Yeah, lend <laughs> it to the story, basically, as they say. Yeah. Fair yeah. enough. Uh, a question or a theory I want to go over with you. So the Dora Malache, that's the bodyguard for um, Wakanda, or yeah. the Black Panther. You know, so they come in because they want to rearrest uh, Baron Zemo, which I don't yeah. blame him for. He's the blame for killing uh, King T'Chaka in Civil War. Yeah. But do you think that they operate on their own orders or do they answer to Black Panther? So like they get word that Zemo escaped from prison. Yeah. And so T'Challa was all like, deal with that. Or do you think they just, no, this is the man that killed our former king. We are going to go get him now. I think like, I believe that it would be like high law. You know what I mean? If someone kidnaps your king, they must face it. Like, I didn't feel like like Black Panther is, you know, like calls shots to some degree as well. Mm-hmm. But I felt like, you know, obviously there's some kind of governing force of laws and etiquette for that kind of thing. Right. So, yeah, I, just, I found it very interesting. And yeah. man, those Wakandans, Wakandans can make some badass suits. Man, that yeah, Captain no America suit was so good. Yeah, I, w- I would wear it. <laughs> please i'll have two please and thank you <laughs> pretty much um one thing that seemed a little bit weird to me about this is to is captain america's shield seems rather easy to wield yeah that is true anybody can kind of pick it up and throw it around yeah like i thought like part of it like I, i'm i'm assuming vibranium itself is very strong but light yeah but the way it kind of operates i figured you need to practice a little bit and john walker was able to pick it up right away and just throw it like a pro yeah. uh, even like there's that scene where bucky and uh, sam are just kind of playing catch with it and yeah. it's fine like I, there was like a training montage for it but he seemed like it seems like it's pretty easy to wield 
one thing too is like it seems for sure like when you throw it at something and it hits it it hits it with more force than when it returns yeah (laughs) if you know what i'm saying yeah like it's not your atypical boomerang where it you throw it and it comes back with equal force Mm -hmm. i feel like you throw it and it has more force and then it comes back with less force so maybe vibranium defies like some of the laws of gravity that's true eh i'm gonna have to go with it because there's certain things like i tend to just ignore things that don't make sense to me because we are in a comic book world yeah that's fair it's good not to be over analytical with stuff like that like yeah how do you feel like i i don't know like i catch myself doing this when something's old i'll look at it a little bit harsher than when it's new because it's new and you don't have anything to compare it to do you know what i'm trying to say here yeah and i think like as the series like or these characters kind of move on i'll be able to look back on it and go with a little more of a critical eye like i'm able to do that with star wars now now that the story is completely done Mm -hmm. i can go back and i'm a lot harsher with star wars than i was originally like i like we can get into it on another podcast probably (laughs) for sure but like what i'm saying is like once the story is complete it's a lot easier to go back and appreciate or misunderstand certain things like marvel was really good at telling a full story and they're also really good at making their less popular movies relevant again for example in endgame they make thor the dark world so so much more of an important movie now because yeah, of for that. sure they did because of it going was... back to that time right i think a lot of people went back and watched that movie too after endgame i'm one of them i i've done yeah. that a few times oh for sure me as well it's a good movie i like the thor movies though maybe yeah I'm bipartisan in that sense um yeah no i definitely can see what you're saying there yeah um there's probably a lot more that we can talk about like there's that scene at the end of of the series where bucky talks to yuri about how he killed his son as the winter soldier and that was a completely dramatic scene and now like how sam like tears into the senators of like you call this a terrorist organization but you're going in with these weapon people to relocate them you gotta understand this is a lot like calling the pot the the kettle calling the pot black you know it's a little bit hypocritical of you guys and and now he's taking on the issues of being a black man who's the who's captain america and i think it's just it's a beautiful story that's being told i like the way they touched on that and i like the kind of answer that he gave to it you know that i'm doing it so it's just gonna have to be that way and that's yeah that's the way life works which is nice that they were able to reflect that a little bit right mm-hmm. that it shouldn't matter and if it does matter to some people well hey hell they'll get used to it <laughs> yeah like i think i think the reign of captain america isn't decided by government officials like we saw that in the first avenger right yeah all, all the generals wanted had different opinions on who should be captain america and then the doctor goes no i want steve rogers to do it because he is a good man and yeah. Steve, knowing that Sam is a good man, for sure, handed hands him the shield, knowing full well that you could have the mantle of Captain America and do well with it. Yeah, one thing I liked about um, these new Marvel shows that we're getting is that they did have a little bit of edge to darkness of them, mm-hmm. you know. And I liked that a lot about the Netflix shows. I don't know if you watched all the Marvel Netflix shows when they were I, released. I, I did. Yeah, I was a big yeah. fan of those. Big fan of Jessica were- Jones. Oh yeah, it's super dark. It hurt me a lot when those shows got canceled 
because mm-hmm. you could have gone on for so much longer. Do you think they'll ever tie those back into the main Marvel universe? There's theories now that Charlie Cox is coming back to play Matt Murdock and Daredevil in the new Spider-Man, which makes sense. It, yeah. Because as you know, how uh, Spider-Man Far From Home ends, Spidey's going to need a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't come from money. Unless For sure. Tony Stark left him a nice little chunk of change in his will to go with those glasses. Yeah. But and I think Charlie Cox is going to rise to the occasion, defend Peter in the court of law, and then we'll have like a minor dare, daredevil and Spider-Man scene. That would be so good. Like, I would, I, I would die. Yeah. And, and then bringing... it opens the gateway for all of those characters to be involved and have this like gigantic universe of all mm. Marvel. Like how good was the Punisher too, right? Like yeah. seeing him intertwined with Spider-Man, like so cool. The the thing that I always bothers me about these standalone Marvel series is that as soon as they go to New York, where you know certain characters are, like Spider-Man could have swung in at any time to help out, right? Yeah. And he doesn't. For sure. Uh, Thor to Dark World, they're the scene where they're in England and then they're in New York and then they're like they're all over, they're in another uh, planet and all like where's shield at least like i feel like some <laughs> government officials would be getting involved with like what's happening no yeah no there's kidding. a lot of like those questions of these guys are nearby why aren't we calling them up to help out a little bit sometimes like like we talked about with lending to the story but other times you're like is there something else going on that will all fit into the universe at the same time as to why they weren't focused on that at the time too which marvel may tell story in that sense as well right I mean, it could be so that this whole Captain America storyline thing was happening while Peter Parker's on vacation in Europe, right? Exactly. And like, there's all of that stuff like that that could happen for sure. So it it all depends on, and no one just tells you, or they don't have like throwaway scenes of like, oh yeah, it would have been cool to have been there, but I was in Europe dealing with a big mess over there. So for sure. So a question for you: Do you think Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan were like? excited like how how excited would you be as an actor you know you get cast into avengers and you're like shit man like i'm a side character and then like the day they got the phone call like hey so or or maybe they knew long long in advance but the day they found out you are also gonna star in your own television show which then may lead like they passed the torch to these guys by a lot of like the big names retiring now these guys get their chance to step up and become the stars and like with a show like this the writing like they have the star power now in my eyes to lead their own movies, which I yeah. go see, you know? Well, right off the bat, after the first, uh, the finale of uh, Fal- the Falcon Winter Soldier, it was immediately announced that they're making Captain America 4. Exactly. Yeah. And then there was like a funny story that was going on that Anthony Mackie had no idea about Captain America 4. Oh, wow. Like, like he was at a grocery store and then the grocery store clerk was like, Hey man, so you're playing Captain America and the, they're making a Captain America four. Congratulations. He goes, they're doing what now? <laughs> That's awesome. Like he had That's no awesome. idea. Like he didn't like, I think he missed the call or they're like, come over to Marvel. We got something to tell you, but I, that, I'd be stoked that, you know, yeah. it's kind of like you're paying your dues. Like, yes. In the comic books, we we see that there's a storyline where Falcon picks up Captain America's shield. Like this isn't like a brand new story, right? No. And, or there's another storyline where uh, the Winter Soldier, Bucky, becomes Captain America as well. So they could have gone either way. But the sheer fact that they're giving these characters and these actors a more prominent look 
is amazing. Um, I do wonder how exhausting it is to play these characters. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Like you feel like you might get typecast to a certain level as well. Typecast or just tired of doing the same thing. Like yeah. Iron Man from 2008 to 20, 2019, it's like an 11 year arc of, as a character. Sure, he did some movies in between, but when you commit to Marvel, you're fucking committing to Marvel. For sure. And like to your point, if you're an artist, like a lot of actors consider themselves artists. Um, do you want to always do the same art? You know what I mean? So yeah. and I understand like you want to show the depth of your character, of, of who you can act and who you can be. Right. So yeah. it would be a tough commitment level in that sense, for sure. Yeah. But I think the fun thing about you getting a full story out of these characters, like who's to say that this Captain America storyline goes a little bit different and uh, or like sam you know has a has an ending you know what i mean yeah like, we don't know where the story's gonna go i want to talk to you about this how bummed were you that we didn't see steve rogers on the moon <laughs> is that where you think he is on the moon i 100 percent do you can't <laughs> they talk alluded about, to it they alluded to it like yeah. so many times you don't you can't keep telling me that steve rogers is on the moon like as a joke i get it's a joke yeah but now that we're dealing with like a scroll invasion and all that, them having a moon base, not that far fetched. No, it makes perfect sense when you think about it. Like 100%, he's on the moon. Yeah. I'm excited to see that storyline. I mean, Captain America yeah. 4 is coming out. Yeah. It'd be very interesting, to, very interesting to see. Like, Steve Rogers is now retired and they keep saying he's gone, but yeah. they, they haven't said he's dead. He's gone. So, where is he? I think he's actually on the moon. And I want that so badly. <laughs> yeah, that would be a good story for sure. I would watch that. Yeah, like a new shield base that's on the moon. <laughs> I think that'd be amazing. Much agreed, sir. So I think that that'll do it for our Captain America talk. I'm sure we missed out on a few things, but I, <laughs> all in all, I really love this series. I think it was, I think it was pretty top notch. Yeah, agree? I agree. It was really good, and I'm looking forward to more. The last thing I'll say. It kills me. It's only six episodes because now I have to wait for a long time to see it. But I get that. How much do you think they spent making those six seasons? Any idea? Hundreds of millions of dollars. I, I okay. saw like a number like 456 million. Jesus. But like hundreds of millions of dollars went into the making this movie, uh, the, this series. But it's just a long movie, which I am all for. Like Marvel, keep making stuff. You'll always have my money. For sure. Yeah, so I, f I forgive them. Six episodes, yeah. that's fine for now. <laughs> yeah. And then we got Loki around the corner, right? Like that's yeah. starts June 11th. Yeah, that's and coming then, right up. And then the release of the Black Widow movie. I'm just excited to see where these, the, the, the new storyline is going. Agreed. So um, I want to jump into our question of the day segment with you, if you don't mind. No, yeah, don't mind. It's a little bit early, but go yeah, for it. Yeah, it might take a little while to get through it all, so I figured <laughs> I'd start now. So I, I can assume that you have seen Happy Gilmore. Yes, it's all okay. in the hips, buddy. It's well, hey, you hadn't hips. you hadn't seen Scarface, so I thought I should ask <laughs> first and not be rude, right? <laughs> I'm never so, gonna let that down. That's pertaining to my question. What uh, what's your happy place? Do you have a happy place? That is a very good question. So I don't use a happy place the way Happy Gilmore uses a happy place. I guess yeah. I've never like whenever I'm in the zone or I'm playing sports or like, I honestly just shut off and I think about nothing. Have you ever right. seen the movie uh, for the love of the game with Kevin Costner? Uh, it sounds familiar. It's a baseball movie. 
Okay. And anyway, in that movie, he's a pitcher and he has this ability to just shut off the sound. Yeah. And like, that's it. Like, I don't, when I'm doing a thing like sports or something, I don't think I kind of just react. It's just right. all that kind of stuff. But if you ask me where my happy place is, I think I'll go into these mindsets in my imagination whenever I buy a lottery ticket <laughs> of just like, when I get this money, I am going. And it's and that stays with me until I know for a fact I did not win the lottery. But yeah. it's just everyone like, has that lotto fancy or lottery um, fantasy, right? Yeah. And for me, it's just like I'll buy a house somewhere near some water, a uh, good plot of land, not too big of a house, and it's just the kind of place where I can bring a bunch of people over and have one of those like parties that's in the Adam Sandler movie Grown Ups Two. Except instead of it being an 80s theme, I have a 90s icon party where everyone dresses up like another icon from the 90s. I'm talking like from Fresh Prince to Stone Cold Steve Austin to like to anything. That so in this fantasy, when you look at yourself in the mirror, who you who are you dressed up as from the 90s? The wrestler Mankind. Okay, <laughs> that's fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> I'm not ashamed of it. I'm, I'm fine with it. I think it would be a really fun party. And then um, I also have this like v- uh, vision of like having my own little outdoor pub or speakeasy that I right. can have like a beer fridge and a whole bunch of drinks and make cocktails and have a happy hour and stuff like that. Right. But I don't know if that's my happy place. It's just where I go to whenever I'm about to win the lottery. That's fair. I know what you mean. Like for myself, when I think of like my happy place and stuff like that, I more so think of like memories of like, points in time that were like the best point in time that's happened to me kind of thing you know yeah like i don't know if you've experienced i'm sure you have a lot of those yourself where it was like you had a perfect day or like Mm -hmm. a perfect memory or a perfect moment or you know what i'm saying like do you have that kind of thing that you go back to like a a best of give me an example Uh, well for me like one of my happiest moments would be like example my 31st birthday party um, Crystal put on a surprise party for me and I got to walk down to the basement and have them. I had no idea. And, you know, there was like 35, 40 people in the basement. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I like to think about that. Like not so much, like if I'm in a bad time, I'm not always going to my happy place necessarily, mm-hmm. but if I want to like take a few moments and reflect, it's almost like a form of meditation where you're just like reliving a, a happy moment or thinking about that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Um, so I don't kind of use it that way. Like I have a bunch of like happy moments. I can give you an example. Like the, the few days before I was moving to Edmonton, uh, there was a going away party thrown, thrown for me at a, a one of our regular bars here in Montreal. And yeah. literally everyone I knew and loved was there. And it was a, just a great time to just socialize with a bunch of people I knew, give them hugs, say my goodbyes and have them like the fact that they were there for me as well is very touching. Um, yeah but i don't use those moments as as a meditation or or a place to go in my mind when times are tough like for me i use that as like a motivation because that's like that's why i get up in the morning i get up in the morning going like today could absolutely be the best day of my life 40 years from now when i look back on it you know what i mean so like that is that's my big motivation is 
what what's the next what's the next good hit or what's the next like monumental moment in my life like i alluded to on a previous podcast like i collect moments like i'll take souvenirs from things and i uh, have a whole uh drawer full of uh pint glasses i've stolen from bars some really good times and all that (laughs) stuff but it's kind of that i don't meditate or focus on a good time i'll remember it and i'll shoot the shit with somebody and tell a story from one of those times Mm -hmm. but i don't use that as a uh well remind me that life's kind of good my life's i've lived a pretty fortunate life to be honest and i always look for the next very fortunate thing to come forward that's a great outlook for sure it's nice to be able to have things look forward to it's like when you're at work and you book a vacation and you're like hells yeah i get i get to go on vacation on x day i can't <laughs> wait till that fucking day <laughs> yeah it's uh things to look forward to um i was talking about my I, I had a regular bar did you growing up did you have a regular bar that you used to attend to like all the time you if i had to say like the one i frequented the most it would probably be elephant and castle in edmonton here on white ave but yeah. it doesn't exist anymore and i had a time where you know it was my it was my place i guess you could say yeah i've been there a few times before it closed it was a nice little nice little establishment it's either Uh, that or any place that has karaoke (laughs) i will say (laughs) i will say this like my regular bar always kind of changes like there are eras of time where certain bars become my regular so when i was living in montreal or while i'm living in montreal um excuse me the bar i would frequent most is a place called the old orchard yeah it's close by I mean, it's like in the middle of where everybody lives. Super easy to get to. Another one is McKibben's, a little further away, but still a very neutral spot for us. Back in the day, it was a place called Clyde's, and you could walk in there and just see everyone you've ever met ever there. And then you just have these like little haunts that all the time you go to all the time. I always like those moments when you walk around the bar and you run into, you know, a bunch of different people, you know, I like to bring those crowds together and then have a huge party, you know, I do the absolute same. I will, if I'm at a bar and there's like a crowded bar, I tend to take a lap just to see who's around uh, anybody I know. And, or, or I end up talking to strangers a lot. I remember when (laughs) I was in Edmonton for a friend's bachelorette party, we went to uh, have mercy. Yeah. Have you been there? No, I never have. It's a pretty decent uh, spot. When uh, things open up, I really recommend you go. Anyway, like we're there. We're trying to give her tasks for her bachelorette lists and all that stuff. And I ended up like just talking to another table right off the bat. And my uh, girlfriend at the time, she sees me go over and goes, well, I just lost my boyfriend to that table. So he'll be going for a while. <laughs> but I'll pull that stunt like all the time. That happens to the best of us. I can't help but make friends like, you know, go especially like going to a karaoke bar you know you're singing a few songs and other people are singing songs you're all talking to each other it's hard not to make friends oh yeah you know it's quite the brilliant thing where you can just go into a neutral playing ground and meet someone you don't know and just like the one thing you have in common that night is the fact that you're at the same spot and for sure it's funny like you know what you're saying about chasing the mo- the next great moment and not mm-hmm. knowing where it's going to be. And it's funny being like, not everybody has the skills uh, to be able to just go up and talk to strangers. I'm told, I mm-hmm. guess that's not like something that everyone does. Well, some people so, are homebodies, right. And they don't want to like, it's a the thing that brings them like big anxiety is having to like talk to people. Yeah, for sure. I couldn't imagine. I don't I have, have no that at all. That. No. What about crowds? Like, could you speak in front of a crowd and not have any issues? Yeah, I've done it. I've been an MC for two weddings now. Nice. Two weddings. And I mean, I'll 
I'll talk to anyone that'll listen, to be honest with you. <laughs> Hence us having a podcast together exactly. pretty much the same way. <laughs> all I want is attention. <laughs> um, do you awesome. suffer from FOMO at all? FOMO? Uh, fear of missing out. So, like, uh, I have this thing where if anyone texts me or calls me going like, hey, we're doing this tonight, do you want in? 9.9 times out of 10. I'd say yes, because <laughs> like, as I said before, with chasing yeah. that next great moment, of course, I want to go out. Like there has to be very good reasons for me saying it. Like I, I, have, I have responsibilities, right? I'm not going to go out and get tanked and then have to go to work and give up, do it, whatever. But 9.9 out of 10 times, I'm saying yes to things. And like, when I say no to it, the whole time I'm going, I'm probably having a great time and I'm just here. <laughs> I wouldn't say I have FOMO, but um, like it's been a weird time these last few years, given the pandemic and everything, mm -hmm. like not being able to say yes to everything. I, I went through periods in my 20s for sure, where it was like, you know, if you want to have a good time in life and if you want to enjoy the ride that is life, you kind of have to go and say yes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And that's a great advice to like, you know, people that are stuck at home and they get that call or they get that text and they're like, I don't know if I should respond. I don't know if I should go. The answer should always be yes. Do yeah. it, have fun, live life, you know, but there's yeah. time, there's a time and a place for it. I think too. Yeah. You know, like myself, I'm not as big into bars anymore. I still like to go out to a bar and have a good time, but house parties are a lot of fun too, where you, you know, everyone that's going to be coming that night. You know what I yeah. mean? No, there's I nothing it. worse than when you end up in a rough bar, when you, you don't need to be, you know, and you're just looking for a good time and not everyone's always just looking for a good time. Right. Rough bar. What are you doing? Hanging out in roadhouse? I grew up on the North side. What can I tell you? It's always something <laughs> going down. So for our listeners that don't know, can you go into like what living in the North side of Edmonton is like? <laughs> it, it just, uh, let me see how, where do I begin? That's a long story. <laughs> the violent desolate place. Let me put it this way. It's really strange. And I don't know if it's like this in a lot of other cities. Cause I haven't been to a lot of other cities in Edmonton. You'll have a good block, a good block where there's like trees and like beautiful flowers and gardens and seniors outside and kids riding their bikes. And that's like that for two blocks. Then you get into block three and when you enter block three, you take your watch off and you put it in your pocket. <laughs> you don't make eye contact with anyone and you pick up your pace a little bit so you can get through there so okay. that you can go to block, get through block three, four. And then by the time you get to block five, six, you can put your watch back on and you're fine. So there's like bad neighborhoods mixed in yeah. to the neighborhoods in Edmonton and the North side a lot more so than the South side has a lot more of those negative blocks. <laughs> I'll, all right i mean i didn't i experienced that like a little bit like yeah i know on white ave you know the, the where the train tracks are on white ave yeah like a hundredth like, or something yeah so on one side of the train tracks real up and coming area real amazing really nice and the Definitely. other side of the train tracks very hard place to live and i lived on that side of the train tracks where <laughs> it's just you, you're seeing some people you do that are doing some things. You're just like, I'm just going to ignore this. And I'm just going to keep on. You know, what's good about the other side of the tracks is you can sing more songs at the karaoke bars because less people will, are willing to go there. <laughs> <laughs> That's your thing. I'm not much of a karaoke guy. No, I mean, either. I don't know nothing about that kind of thing at all. 
Oh. Yeah, oh, sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's one of the funny things about the North Side for sure. Like, I remember a time specifically when I was 18, I was friends with someone who was living on 118th Avenue, like 50th Street. And I took the bus. It was like midnight, maybe one o'clock. It was one of the last buses. And it's a really, really bad neighborhood. And so I'm standing at the bus stop and these eight guys come walking from a few blocks away. I'm like, oh, crap. Like, here we go. And so I heard them chattering, like, as they were coming up to me saying, like, man, like, maybe he's got something like, like you could just hear chatter. Like, I was possibly going to get jumped at that moment by eight people. And it was funny because I had turned to them in the second that they were like close enough range where I wasn't yelling at them, but they got close enough. I was like, Hey, do you guys got a smoke by any chance? <laughs> and they were all like, Oh man, we were going to ask you if you had any shit. And I was like, no, nah, I'm so broke. Like I got nothing. Meanwhile, I have a full pack of smokes in my pocket, <laughs> a wallet with some cash in it. What a but strange it- way of finding peace, but I do like that. It's a good maneuver. Yeah. If you ask people first and like, you, you know, that growing up in the North side, or even downtown at certain points where you're at, if you see someone coming up to you or walking towards you, just ask them for something first. And then they're like, oh man, he's just as hurting as we are. <laughs> he's not worth robbing. Good advice <laughs> for living in a bad neighborhood. So anyways, I catch the bus, I get on the bus yeah, and I get down to 97th from 50th. Once you hit 97th, I get off the bus. I take my watch out of my pocket and I put it back on. As I'm doing this, I look up at the other two guys who got off the bus, and I shit you not, both of them were putting their watch back on as well. <laughs> it's like the unwritten rules of living in Edmonton. Because we knew by that point, okay, we're on the, we're better now. We're we're back to the safe area. So it's just funny, like little experiences and stories like that. I've probably got a thousand of them, but yeah, for sure, for sure, I, I I don't have anything like that in Montreal. I kind of just was always raised to. I don't know. I was, oh, I'm fine going downtown by myself. I'm fine going anywhere. But yeah. yeah like, I, I guess, I don't know. I, I just don't have that. Uh, I'm sure there's places there has to be. Yeah. There has to be. And I just don't go to there. Yeah. But, that makes sense. Every yeah. city has an edge and I grew up in some choice neighborhoods, but yeah, you know, that's, that's life. That makes sense to me. Um, I want to change gears up a little bit because I do have a question for you. If you don't, if you don't oh, mind. sounds good. Um, are there popular things that you just don't like? Hmm. Like unanimously popular. Everyone loves this. Well, you know what? I have at least one. Well, I have two easy ones, but one is probably larger than the other. I'm going to just probably like blow your pants off a little bit with this one. I hate cake, but all right. I hate cake, Thomas. What? I don't like cake, man. It's gross. The frosting, the texture, white cake, chocolate cake. I don't know. Is there strawberry cake? I try not to stay too well acquainted with the different types of cake as I don't like them. And they're a little bit offensive. I might sound like I have a bit of a harsh standpoint on this, but you have to realize what it's like going through life as a non-cake eater, right? So you're five years old. You're at a birthday party. They're handing out pieces of cake. They come over to you and they're like, here you go, Shawnee, have a piece of cake. And Poor Shawnee's got to look at them and say, you know what? I don't like cake. And right away, all the kids look at you. You're an automatic outcast. Everyone's like, <laughs> who, who doesn't like cake? No, it's good. Are you sure? And they think I'm just being like, you know, maybe I'm Difficult. upset about something. I'm like, no, like I don't like cake. And like 
having to learn to take a stand even against adults when you're five years old to say, I don't like something and I don't want it, even though everyone should like it and everyone should want it. It's not an easy road to take Thomas. <laughs> Was one of your go-to insults as a kid, the one from mighty ducks where the character Jesse just calls everyone a cake eater. <laughs> I, I feel like it had already painted such a target on me. I didn't want to be offensive at the time. <laughs> I, that is so hilarious to me. So first off, I think you're the first person I've ever met that doesn't like cake. Really? Wow. Um, I have friends that aren't like dessert people, and that's fine. That's like, but that's just not having a sweet tooth at all. Yeah. So, so what do you have on your birthday? Oh, that's an easy question. I eat the only true and real type of cake, the ice cream cake from Dairy Queen. Okay. Uh, to go back to your previous statement, the only true and real kind of cake. That's a bold fucking statement. <laughs> really fucking bold. Um, okay, so you go for an ice cream cake. Um, I'm I, different from you. I'm not going to say I don't like ice cream cake. Right. But like whenever I see an ice cream cake and it's not a legit cake, I'm a little bit bummed. Really? Wow. Yeah. I yeah. find the opposite. Like usually when someone's like, we're cutting the birthday cake and I'm all excited and then or sorry everyone's all excited and i'm not excited at all because i don't like birthday cake but then they pull out an ice cream cake i'm like shit yeah it's like (laughs) fucking high five around the room kind of moment but can you talk about a little bit like what was the moment you realized you didn't like cake like did someone put like a chocolate cake in front of you you tried it like what is this and you're just like not for me and throw it against the wall pretty much yeah i think it was probably trial and error i mean i don't recall exactly the the finite moment i don't know if there was a finite moment or if it was just trial and error like i would try it not like it okay try the next one not like it okay and probably like i don't know you know as a kid you start really forming strong opinions by the time you're like around you know 10 11 12 by that point i was like 100 percent assured on the fact that like no thank you i'll pass that must have been one hell of an upbringing you had well it's funny too like as you know like a lot of people for your birthday they'll make you a cake because they want to like do something nice for you yeah and how much of a dick do you feel like when someone makes you something goes specifically out of their way to make it for you because everybody fucking likes it and then you're the one person on the planet who doesn't fucking like it yeah and you have like doreen as a stepmom who is an amazing baker Oh, yeah. She's like a phenomenal baker and people like die up and down for the 47 different types of cake that she makes. And I'd like come home, like smell something cooking in the oven and be like, oh, man, I'm so excited. Like thinking it was cookies or something delicious. And then finding out that it was fucking cake. I was like, oh, cool, cool, cool. Cool. You can just keep that over there. I'll have seconds of supper. Thank you. Yeah. And like the the I can't tell you the amount of times the same people come at me with different kinds of cakes. You know what I mean? And I'm like, no, like it's a generalized thing. Like I don't like cake. (laughs) I find that like that, that that's a thing that everyone does when you find out like a little thing about someone that's a little bit off. They then ask you like a million questions about that. So you don't like cake, like not even carrot cake. What about chocolate cake? Have you ever had black forest cake? Like, like, like I feel like people that are colorblind also know this. What do you mean? You can't see colors. What color is this to you? What color is that? What color are my shoes? You can't, you don't fucking know. Like, what is this? <laughs> and I feel like that's a thing we have in our society of just, you're different from me. Why are you different from me? What the fuck is this? What's going on? Yeah, no. And it's one of those things that like people try another thing. Like that's very, well, I should say this first. I like bread. 
So that doesn't like, maybe that'll lead you the path to understand why I don't like cake. Cause I love bread, all different types of bread, the fluffy breads, the heavy breads doesn't fucking matter. I like bread. It's less sweet, but I like to put sweet things on that bread, like okay. peanut butter or jam, for instance, which then, you know, like cake and they're bread. Not the, like, I understand that they're both like baked and all that stuff, but they're not in the same category for me. Fair. Okay. I just wanted to throw that out there in case yeah. you wanted to judge me on that one. <laughs> about, like, are you, do you have the same stance on like cookies and pie? I, I don't like a cakey cookie. Okay. That's you fine. know what I mean? Like too fluffy. It's fucking no, that's cake. Muffins. Okay. No, no, thank you. Yeah. There's a tiny exception, you know, like carrot cake, a really heavy, really dense, really wet carrot cake. Yeah. I'll eat a little bit of that shit. A little bit. I'll have a sliver, please. I'll just a, a taste. And so like, I don't even know if I should be talking about this on the air or not, but every once in a blue moon at a birthday party, I'll notice from across the room that someone else didn't want a piece of cake and <laughs> silently we meet up and have the talk that I've always, I've had with every other non cake eater. Cause we're a rare breed and we don't like to talk about it with, with outsiders, but we walk <laughs> up and like you, you're not feeling good today. You didn't want cake. And they're like, I don't eat cake in a whispering, almost like a Batman voice. And I'm like, <laughs> me neither. And then we like look at each other and carrot cake. A little bit sometimes and that's usually like the same response a little fist bump we do our secret handshake and then we get to opposite sides of the room so that people don't pin us together and know that we're part of a secret alliance right that's hilarious like just being able to be like no thank you at a birthday party when you're six must be like what do you mean like did i do something wrong <laughs> i don't like it I'm no that's what i'm saying right you get looks you get eyes people think that I don't know. You're attacking them almost because you don't want to take, take the happy reward at the end. Cause that's what the birthday cake is. It's like, Hey, you came, you hung out, you played, you got presents. Like now everybody gets a piece of cake okay. and then you don't take the payoff at the end. All right. <laughs> I can't believe this. All right. Uh, what is the second thing that you don't. So. <laughs> Uh, I don't know how to put this like in a soft way. So I'm just going to say it in a hard way. Fuck soup, man. Fuck soup. I'm so fucking like, I don't like soup. I liken it to a job site outhouse. Not in the way that most people think where I'm talking about smells or tastes. <laughs> just in the sense that, see, like a job site outhouse, it's there. Like if you really need it, it's there. You don't want to use it. You never want to have to go there. You never want to have to go into it. But if you are in dire need of it, it's there and, and you're thankful it's there. So like, that's how I feel about soup. You know, like if I'm really sick and like, I ha yeah. I can't eat solid foods, I'm grateful that soup is there and I can eat it. But if I'm a regular walking, breathing human being who has evolved, like you got to realize too, sorry, I'm, I'm, I got a lot to say about this topic. You got to realize like soup was one of our like first foods as a human race i've evolved beyond the point of like drinking the flavored water that our great ancestors fucking had to rely on because it's all they could eat i feel like i've evolved past that point and now i don't need to fucking eat liquid food unless i'm i'm fucked up i have never heard someone be so arrogant when it comes to soup that is the funniest <laughs> shit i've ever heard <laughs> i thought i'd dive right into it just to be honest it drives people wow. around me crazy because they're like let's do soup and sandwiches for dinner i'm like yeah the sandwiches would be okay i guess but fuck soup <laughs> yeah, I, yeah i love a soup and sandwich come spring <laughs> or fall and like maybe in the winter i fucking love it soups bisques stews 
anything like that. I am like when you're it. sick. You mean? No, no, no. Any time as long just as just randomly. Oh wow. Yeah. Like I'll, I've been made fun of for going out for soup on a hot day. I remember one time um, in Edmonton, uh, I really wanted uh, ramen. Yeah. Like really good Japanese ramen. And there's a great place on White Ave called Nudoru. And I was just like, I'm craving this place. And I invited, uh, before she was my girlfriend, but like, so my ex-girlfriend, but when we were friends and another friend yeah. to come meet me for lunch. And and I was like, I'm going to this place if you want to come. Like, I'll go by my, myself. I don't give a fuck, but I'll go. Come with. And it was like a really hot July day in Edmonton. They have air conditioners. I don't give a shit. I'm going to have my ramen <laughs> and enjoy it. And then my I've friend... actually... Sorry, Sorry, continue. And then my friend comes in um, from the heat of Edmonton, and we're already sitting in the restaurant. She goes, oh, Thomas, you really hot day. Way to pick soup for lunch, you fucking idiot. <laughs> and I have not lived that down since it happened. <laughs> it's weird because I have heard people say that they order soup when they go to a restaurant, yeah. but it's just the strangest thing to me. You know what I mean? It's like if you just wanted flavored water, like there's a lot better flavored water to choose from. And then you can fill your day with other types of foods. Yeah. But like I'm being a little bit harsh and I don't mean it to be this harsh. Like I will try different soups. It's just that I'm sick of like, you know, the regular old chicken noodle soup from a can or the vegetable soup from a can, or like, you know, if someone makes a, a completely amazing homemade soup, I'll give it a try. I mm-hmm. like to try new things, new foods, you know, like I'm not opposed to that. Yeah. That's that's fair. That's very fair. Um, I'll, I'll I'll give you a lifeline here. A thing, a very popular thing that I don't enjoy. Yeah. Reese's peanut butter cups. Really? You, I like chocolate. I like peanut butter. Put them together. I do not give a fuck for it. <laughs> I, you can keep that at the store, sir. No, thank so, you. So is that all incarnations of that? Like anything Reese's peanut butter related. chocolate. Yeah, okay, I've like, never been a fan of it. I don't know what it is. I like peanut butter. I'll put that shit on bread and enjoy it. I like chocolate. I'll put that shit on bread and enjoy it. I mean, um, I'll have a chocolate bar and it'll be great. <laughs> See, I can relate to that because I do enjoy Reese peanut butter cups. I love them. Like it's been my go-to off and on throughout the yeah. years. But there was a point where they came out with the hockey puck size ones. <laughs> and I ate like five of them in a row in a 24-hour period, we'll say. And I felt so fucking sick and Jesus I couldn't Christ. eat them. I probably, took a, feet? <laughs> I probably took a 10 year break from them after that, but <laughs> yeah, <you> know, <laughs> now every once in a while I'll see one on the shelf and I'm like, ah, fuck it. Come home with me. <laughs> let's, let's have a moment together late later by the fire. <laughs> and, a, and another one, another popular thing that I don't like is um, Van Halen, the music of Van Halen. I understand that they are a great band. I don't like them. Really? Yeah. I just don't like them. So is it more so like that style of music or just specifically that band? Like, do you specifically that band? I love like, I think the guitar sounds really cool. But then like, I I think it's the singers that I don't care for. Okay. David Lee Roth or who and who was the other one? I don't remember the other one. I don't like this band, but I'm not a big Sammy Hagar. Yeah. There you go. Sorry. It took me a sec. But I'm not a fan. And like, I'll hear like hot for teacher and I'll just be like, change the radio station. See, I understand like that unpopular opinion because like I have my own in ways when it comes to that. Like when I hear a group like who's been referenced like as a Canadian icon and I'm just not a big fan, but everybody loves them around you. It's hard to be that guy who just doesn't like that one group that 
you know, gets nothing but love from everyone. And I, it's just like, you. it has to be a thing you have I, to I listen to. I see you to. tiptoeing around it. It's the tragically hip, right? That you don't like? Don't like is a little too harsh. Okay. I would it's say the- I, I appreciate their talent, but I don't ever, ever, ever put it on and say, I need to hear that song. See, I, yeah, I'm the opposite. I love the tragically hip. I'm a big fan. When Gore Downey passed, it was a hard day in my like my life. But for like, sure, I, I like I felt the same way. It was tough, but at the same time, like I just didn't love their music. Yeah. And I've gotten to see them twice. Uh, one of which I got to see them in Kingston, in their hometown, and I took Uncle Sparky, and that was a hell of a time. Um, like, but like I do understand why they're called Canadian icons. Like they put like Canadian music on the on the map. Like when you think of great Canadian bands, Tragically <laughs> Hip is on the top of that list, and in like either slightly above or slightly below is Rush. And then Celine Dion is part of that conversation as well. You got to agree. Do you feel like, Neil Young's in that group too? Yes. Okay, me too. Yeah. Um, see, the thing with that is like when you label someone, when some a group gets labeled at a Canadian icon and like they're carrying the torch for Canadians. And if you know, you're from another country and you're listening to Canadian music, tragically hip is one of the ones you got to run to. Yeah. It's all going to find if you like them. But if you don't <laughs> like them, it would be like going to like somewhere... You, like you can't speak the language right and they're like mm-hmm. oh oh my goodness this poor canadian he's <laughs> injured he doesn't feel good we should put on some of his native music for him and they go and put tragically hip on i'd be like are you fucking serious right now you're, like, <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna put that on to soothe me really yeah no, I'm, I'm just fucking around but <laughs> no, no, it, makes, it makes pretty good sense but again i do think that those bands and musicians have earned their right to be canadian icons i don't think you'll ever be in a scenario where you're in paris france and like Always help this poor Canuck. Let's play tragically <laughs> hip. That's not gonna happen. <laughs> but I understand your point. So are you saying that people don't play the music of the person's culture when they're not feeling well? I don't think in that scenario. No, I guess. Oh like, shit! You know, I gotta stop doing that then. <laughs> I think it's only when a person is homesick you can allow that. That's funny. Oh, I have the cold. Well, perfect. I have Tragically Hit playing on the radio right now. <laughs> Do you use music like the, like myself? If I'm in, I have different musics. I listen to different moods that I'm in. Like mm-hmm. is music impactful in that way where it can change your um, attitude or change your like um, how you're feeling at that moment? Like, do you, do you find that connection with music personally? I don't see how it couldn't, right? Like music is that, like, yeah i remember like like you know there's music for every emotion really like for sure uh not everybody feels that way that's why i ask you some people and i've met people who don't like music i have i have gotten speeding tickets because of the song that was playing at the time (laughs) (laughs) like there's some bruce springsteen songs that just get me going uh well rosalita yeah i was playing rosalita in my truck my big pickup truck and I got one of those like flash uh, speeding tickets because yeah. Rosalita was just getting me going. I had my foot to the fucking pedal, <laughs> just rocking out. And yeah, no, I've gotten speeding tickets because I'm just too happy of a good mood. And it is, it was a big problem for me in Edmonton. <laughs> yeah, I can relate to that. You know the song Radar Love? Yes. Okay, so that's a great driving song. And yeah. it came on when I was driving to work the one day. And I was doing 82 in an 80 zone when i looked and i was okay, like oh that's, fuck that's i nothing. don't speed so oh dude 
82 in an 80 zone is so respectable. It's we were flying. We're doing like 130 in like <laughs> an 80 zone. Come talk to me. Like I did this once. I'm not proud of it. I'm kind of proud of it, but I'm not proud of it, but I'm really proud of it. Um, I once made the drive from Montreal to Ottawa, which uh, on paper is uh, an hour and a half drive. Yeah. I went to the town outside of Ottawa, Canada, Montreal there, 45 minutes. Sean, I broke so many laws <laughs> to do this. It was shameful. Um, it was in a, my buddy at the time's car. He goes, listen, it's my birthday and the girlfriend needs to be picked up. But like all the people here are coming for me. Can you do me a solid, take my car, go pick her up and bring her back from Canada. And I was like, yeah, I'll do this for you. So I take the car and like, it was a brand new for that year car. Like I've never driven a new car before. <laughs> and usually in cars that I've driven, when you're speeding, you can feel it. Yeah, I just thought it was just like, oh, everyone's just driving the speed limit today. No, I was going 180 kilometers an hour Holy shit. <laughs> on the highway, not knowing I was doing this. So I get there in like 45 minutes and we get back in probably the same amount of time, maybe a little bit more. We get there and I bring her to the party. My buddy takes me aside. You are back way too soon. How fast were you fucking going? I went, Let's not talk about it. I mean, she's here. It's a party. Like, we'll go. We'll have this conversation. <laughs> How fast were you fucking? I don't want to tell you because it was fast. <laughs> and it was kind of shameful. But, you know, uh, one of those times where I'm, I'm happy I didn't get caught. And like, I do it once. Like, I think there's some times so that you'll tell a story where you break the law a little bit and you just, I don't know, it's a good story to share. I hope like we don't get any negative feedback on the ass. Right. Tom's a criminal and negligent driver. No, it was like a one time. <laughs> I've actually, like, I've actually never broken a law in my life. Not once. Never. Not once. Never. No. I feel like it's coming. I mean, you did go eighty-two in an A zone, so look. That's out. true. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I hope that Fuzz ain't listening to this. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I hope they are listening because the more listeners, the better. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure the uh, statute of limitations have passed on this. <laughs> yeah, let's hope. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. It's yeah. good to it's good to bend the laws a little bit, you know, see what you can get away with, right? I mean, mm -hmm. just the other day, I was standing in a group of 11 people outside. It was fucked up. <laughs> i i get what you're talking about and it's so weird that that is a law yeah. like especially in edmonton like you're not allowed to have gatherings of more than 10 people outdoors correct yeah yeah and no indoor visits of any kind whatsoever i yeah, believe it's so it's so annoying i've been playing like underground black market pickleball with friends we'll we all meet up at this undisclosed school and we play pickleball and it like it's technically against the law but we're going crazy otherwise and it's the best thing i do during this pandemic it's so much fun to play and we get like right into it but right. yeah it's like underground pickleball <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny like at the same time too because <laughs> here in alberta you know you have a lot of like really i don't know what the right word is old-fashioned people sometimes with old-fashioned views and they believe in the law they believe in following the law but during the pandemic when they've been told they have to follow certain laws mm -hmm. the people that were like like example pissed about people smoking weed when it was illegal who'd call the police on their neighbor for smoking it mm -hmm. are now breaking like several laws a day 
and yeah. stand by what they're doing because they, you know, it's just funny how the laws yeah. change sometimes in societies. And it's funny yeah. when people who were once standing on one side of the law are now standing on the other side of the law. No, rules are meant to be broken a little bit. Yeah, why not? How do you yeah. ever grow if you don't like break rules, right? Exactly. You gotta you gotta break a few eggs to make an omelet. Omelet, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, another thing I was curious about because we never actually got to do this when I lived in Edmonton. Like we hung out, you know, a few times. But I was yeah. always very curious. What would if we had the day? What and you would to show me Edmonton through your eyes to give me like the Sean sides experience of Edmonton. Where right. would we, what would we have done that day? So first, I don't know if this bus route still runs, but the number five bus from Westmount to downtown. Mm-hmm. I would take you on that bus bus route just to show you like a little bit of the north side that I grew up on, point out some scenery, you know, show you a few of the different spots. Show me where and to take my watch off and where I can put it back on. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> and on. then uh, I'd probably want to go like to the River Valley, you know? Yeah, I love go to, like, River a, Valley. There's a lot of really nice restaurants downtown you could hit for lunch. Yeah. And then we would probably finish off with a hockey game followed by the casino followed by we'll see what's still open and possibly get a dinner. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, stoked the hockey game. I, it was really easy for me to be an Oilers fan when I lived in Edmonton. Everyone's just so nice about loving their team. It's for sure. so weird to see because in, in Montreal, everyone loves to hate the Montreal Canadiens it's hilarious that like they'll lose a game and then like everyone will call into the radio shows going fire this guy fire this guy why is this even still happening (laughs) how is this guy still on a team what do we get him for a bag of pucks what's the point of this guy and there's just a lot of like anger and i remember going to a few oilers games and the fans like after an oilers loss the fans would be like, oh, well, we'll just get them next time, I guess. They played really hard. It was a f- really fun game to see. And we're just like, <laughs> what? You guys are mad? Like, <laughs> we're not going to flip There's a, a car lot- over? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of loyalty for the Oilers here. And, like, I think it dates back to having the dynasty that we had, you know, and that lasted us, like, 30 years. Yeah, sure, we have, you know, five first-round draft picks. And sure, we have all these great, wonderful things. And we still can't win a goddamn fucking... <laughs> But we still have the five cups. So, I mean, could you imagine like living in a city like a, a hockey city? We'll say, um, what's the one out west there? The Van, Van, uh, Vancouver, Can- yeah, Canucks. Yeah, is it Canucks? Is that how you say it? Yeah, they I never love want that you shit on them because like Edmonton and Vancouver have like a rivalry, and it's like the same thing with like Boston or Toronto for me, but to just yeah. undercut them. So, like, you never, like, I never <laughs> see like the Edmonton fan shitting on their own rival. Like to me, that rivalry doesn't really exist. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. Yeah. You don't know which lines are drawn. It's the same with me not knowing the Montreal fans hatred for it's the same. Like I, I like to say that we have a good rivalry with Vancouver, that other team that's South of us. I I don't like to say their name. That other team from down the road. Yeah. I don't want to give them any publicity, but they're our most hated team for sure. Calgary. And like, it's funny because I love the city that they're from, mm-hmm. but it's a beautiful city, but I just don't like that team so much that I have a hard time even saying that I like that city. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's fair. I'm just that's teasing. Fair. That's a little too harsh. Uh, if you could own 
three Edmonton Oilers jerseys, which era and player would you want to get? Well, first and foremost, Gretzky in the old away jerseys, which are now the home jerseys, so like the blue and orange ones. Yeah. That would be number one, I would say. Number two would probably be Marc Messier because I loved the jersey back then too. Maybe yeah. like the 1990 version. Yeah. And then like still the away version, which is the dark version. I like yeah. those jerseys better. Who and doesn't then third, love but either. not. Yeah, it, it's just cool stuff. And then I got to go with last but not least, Connor McDavid. Really? Eh? The orange with the C. You like your popular players, eh? I do. The greats, like, I just, I, I think that they're going to be known as being always an oiler once an oiler always an oiler is an o- a big saying mm-hmm. and these guys like even after they left the team like Gretzky obviously was done playing before I, I really got old enough like I remember watching us win our last two cups mm-hmm. but very distant memories so but he, his like legacy of helping the Oilers since same with Messier off and on like been doing being part of the organization still in ways not so much Messier anymore yeah. you just know which players are going to be lifetime players for sure mm-hmm. and always an oiler I think for me, if I were to pick, I agree with you on the Messier jersey. I would get a hundred percent. I would get a moose jersey, uh, dark yeah. colors as well. I like, I like a darker jersey. Um, me too. More color, more pizzazz. I don't like the white jerseys all that much. Um, I'm a spilly drinker sometimes too. So <laughs> white jerseys, uh, like oh fuck. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then another. So I would get that era. So the same as you, Mark Messier. Yeah. And the next one, I would get that that old navy blue version of the Oilers jersey like, there's like that uh blue and bronze yeah I have one of those jerseys yeah. I know the ones with George LaRock on the back sick <laughs> and then I would get um my last one I think would have to be that old not old but that redo of the Oilers jersey that didn't last very long like the Todd with- McFarlane design the yeah. gears yeah yes. okay okay with uh Ryan Smith on the back you can't go wrong with Smitty yeah He's a he's an icon in Edmonton. LaRock is such a good choice too. Like I would definitely wear that jersey just because he was like not only is he an awesome was an awesome hockey player, super tough on the puck, awesome fighter. Mm-hmm. I love the person that George LaRock was. Always smiling, always a gentleman, like just a really genuinely good guy. Yeah, like the mic'd up he did when he was with Arizona, then uh, then Phoenix. And yeah. he's at the face off and you just hear him go like, "Hey man, want to go yeah all right square up good luck <laughs> and then they just drop the gloves and he's just and he's gen- like why is he such a gentleman about this yeah a gentleman and a scholar as they would say <laughs> yeah i have a george Rock story actually uh when i was a kid um we would play hockey three on three or have practices at this arena called ntr and uh george Rock came in to play three in a three on three tournament and it was like a big deal and he made time for like all the kids so like uh, he like signed autographs and then, then he let kids sit in his fancy car. To be honest, I have no idea what kind of car it was. It was just really cool to sit in it. Right. And then, um, and then during, while he was on the ice, someone stole all the wallets from like the dressing room. Right. And I think they took his keys, opened up his car and like emptied the car. Like it was oh, a whole man. thing. Like everyone That's got crazy. robbed. And I was just like, you do not fuck with George LaRock. Can you imagine if he got his hands on that fucking guy? Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want to imagine it, but you know what's crazy? He'd probably still be a nice guy about it and just turn 100%. them over peacefully to the police. And he's such a good guy. So I don't know if you're into the hockey collecting world in any way whatsoever. I am. Yeah. 
are you okay so i don't know if you know this but george larock apparently I, like i don't know if this is true this could be fake news okay. but i saw that he released a new series of card protectors so like the hard plastic protectors that you put your hockey hockey cards into and okay. man, like i hope people support his brand and they like buy this shit because george larock is the man and yeah. I just wanted to throw that plug in for him. Hopefully it's legit. And I'm not just talking out of my ass on something I read on the internet that wasn't true. Cause I didn't really do my research on it, but I just, he came up. So I thought I'd throw that out there. I didn't know that we were in a position where we can like, there was a new market for hockey card protection. Look at George LaRock protecting you on the ice and protecting your hockey cards. What a guy. I believe that is his catchphrase too. <laughs> <laughs> Coincidentally. That's but perfect. I- yeah, I thought it was cool. Um, yeah, what more can I say about that? Apparently, there's a huge worldwide shortage or some kind of issue with the plastic protectors right now, so it's a good time to get into that market. Apparently, I don't, I don't fucking know. Well, good for George. Yeah, um, I don't. Know, I think we can uh, get into our recommendation of the week here. Now, I just want to yeah, ask. I you, guess it's your turn to recommend. Would it not be? Yes, it would be. But before I rec- give you a recommendation. Two weeks ago, I gave you a recommendation, and you didn't do it. Are we, are we up to date? Uh, so have you done your homework? I can report back in this sense that I did go for a nice long drive by myself. I didn't need to do anything. I went for like an hour and a half drive around the city, just kind of endlessly drove with no um, destination in mind, and it was peaceful. You know, I I didn't have the radio on or any, anything, and. It was a really good recommendation and I appreciated you having recommended that because it was a nice afternoon, we'll say. However, on the front of the movie Colossus, Colossal, 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 I haven't watched it, Thomas. (sighs) All right. Well, you did do the drive, so I will forgive you there. (laughs) Um, So for this week's recommendation... I had something written down, but then you said something in this podcast. I want you to try Nudaru, the restaurant I was talking about with the ramen. I think it would make for a good date night for you and Crystal. So sorry, are you suggesting that we eat soup? I am. Crystal's going to love you, but I might be a little bit upset depending on how the flavored water goes. It's not just any soup. It's ramen. (laughs) There's a lot more pizzazz and razzle-dazzle when it comes to it. Uh, it's a place on White Ave called Nudoru, N-U-D-O-R-U. Okay. I really recommend it. It was like one of my go-to spots. Get some, take it home, put on Colossal, and then you have a lovely date night with Crystal. So I think I'm just going to steal it and tell her that it was my idea and seem cultured by saying that uh, I have an idea and I'm going to order soup for her. And she's going to be like, who the fuck are you? You're fucking ordering me soup because she loves soup and I fucking hate it. So it's one of those things that we don't eat very often. And when we do eat it, she yeah. eats it and I don't eat it. Yeah, that's fucking funny. No, it's she a good recommendation. And like if you hadn't, if I hadn't have fucked you on the last one by not watching the movie yet, I would probably fuck you on this one and not eat the soup. And <laughs> now I feel like I owe you something because I didn't fucking watch your movie. So now I'm going to watch the movie and while I'm doing it, I will take my my punishment. I don't know. Is it? Oh, sorry. Recommendation. I meant to say. <laughs> That's rude, Sean. That's what that is. It's rude. That's funny. Yeah. Does uh, does uh, does Crystal listen to the podcast? She does. Yeah. Oh, so you, so you're screwed. You, you, you're gonna do this hey, for her. But you know what? Listen. Those th- those three days, buddy. 
before yeah. she listens to it i'm gonna ride that high <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't always get to it on the monday when we drop it so okay. <laughs> go ahead as long as you do it before we draw before she listens to it it's hilarious then you'd be like i can't believe you bought soup for me i think this is lovely <laughs> and then we watched this movie together i mean wow sean you really made it about me and she's gonna hear this a fucking asshole <laughs> if i sell it too hard like if if I sell it really hard and she's like, oh my God, he did something so nice for me. Now I need to do something nice for him. And she goes out and buys me like a really nice present or something like that. I'm going to have to call you and we're going to have to like redo the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, can you change the recommendation and just edit that whole, whole thing? Out, please? Can, uh, Pretty much. Crystal's going to hear this and um, no bueno. <laughs> she's the sweetest lady in the world i'll probably tell her the truth i can't yeah. help but do anything else <laughs> well i think she'll find out one way or another yeah she'll see the look on my face when i like order soup and she'll be like okay what the fuck's going on here <laughs> um just before we wrap up here i want to talk uh just about the podcast real quick do some uh due diligence with the podcast here yeah. um it's really important that if you do listen on apple podcasts please subscribe and rate and review the podcast uh five star reviews all this stuff does so much for us and getting the podcast out there and heard and listened to and i was going through the analytics the other day sean we yeah. have like listeners in spain uh belgium uh some like random cities across that's the so United cool States. we got to do a huge shout out to those guys and yeah. our gals yeah. because we super appreciate you listening yeah Whoever you are that are listening in the random states, uh, U.S. states and the Belgian listeners and the Spain listeners, Australia, Australia, uh, New Zealand, <laughs> like we, we have like listeners. We're worldwide now. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah, it really is. Whoever you are. Thank you. Yes. Thank you very <laughs> kindly. <laughs> thank you for listening. And I hope you stick with us. And I hope like we touch things, um, touch on things that you like. Um, feel free to. Write in the comments what you want us to talk about more. We have an Instagram page at Facebook group. Yeah. Facebook group. Uh, again, two sides of the story. So at two sides of the story on Instagram, two sides of the story on Facebook. Um, and then you can comment uh, on our Apple podcast and whatever you guys want to hear us talk about, we will 100% deep dive on it. Part of the fun part about like the Facebook group and stuff is that we're going to be like running polls you know, you guys can kind of chime in as well on what we're talking about throughout the podcast, which is fun. We want the level of interaction to come from the fans too, because we want to talk about what you guys want us to talk about too. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like we are on board with fan engagement and all that stuff. So, Definitely. Uh, just from the bottom of our hearts, like all of you who listen and download the episodes. Thank you very much. Yes. Thank you very much. Well, Thomas, that's uh, episode four in the books. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm proud of us, man. We're sticking to it. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been one side of the story. And this has been the other side of the story. Have a good week, everybody. Take care, everybody. Two sides of the story. Two sides of the story. With Tom.